0: Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 113 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about equipping and inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to walk us through his top five picks of 2017 from our show. Now, you may have missed us for the past month, and it's because we took some time off for the holidays. You know, Brandon got a new grandson. It was Christmas, New Year's. My daughter was Clara in the Nutcracker Ballet. Uh, Here in Corpus Christi with the Corpus Christi Ballet. So we had a lot on our plate and we just made a decision. You know what? Let's take a few weeks off. Everybody else is. They can get caught up on our episodes. But now we're back. It's 2018. It's January. That means we're kicking it off. We've been talking all through the holidays about what we're going to do and how we're going to make this year a better year for us. But also how to inspire and equip you to make the year better for you. So, We promised you five of our top favorite clips of the year from last year so we could take a look back in order to look forward and go make our own path and live life beyond the rut. Here we go. Brandon, take it away.
1: Uh, 2017 is just going to be one of those years that extraordinary things happened in the news, but I'm hoping extraordinary things happened in your life and you've really gotten beyond the rut. We just want to say thank you for all of our listeners this year. People that have sent us messages and just commented and shared the show. Uh, Because, as you know, what we want to do is just reach more people so we can get more people out of the rut, making their own path, and doing things that they were made to do. And that's what makes us happy in life. We wanted to do a show that was basically kind of our top uh, moments from the year. Now we interviewed some incredible people and I definitely am not saying that if you're not on this list that we didn't absolutely love talking to you and hearing your story because we did, but we had to pick five and that's Jerry's rule, not mine. I would have picked a hundred, but you know, he said we had to pick five. So I went and got my five favorite moments and that's what we're going to have for you today is our five, my favorite moments, I guess is a better way to put it. Of 2017, the people we met and the and the stories that we heard. So let's get right into it. My first one is obviously uh, a lot of people love this one. We got a lot of feedback on it. It was Eric Giuliani, it's episode 107, and you know he came up with this way to pay for a trip around the world. And and the point of this story, this little clip that you're going to hear is that he just took a shot. And that's what I loved about it. It was just awesome. And I'm sure somebody's listening and thinking, okay, well, this is great. Is he some sort of Kennedy billionaire or something? How How did you finance this whole thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, it is a long answer, but I want to give the long answer on purpose because I do want people to be able to realize that you don't need a lot of money. And, you know, I did this with relatively next to no money, to be very honest with you. So the year before I left to travel, I... I learned a little bit about photography, and I took a couple beginner courses, and I came up with the idea, which was let me email some hotels at my first stop, which was Cape Town, South Africa, and let me see if these hotels will let me come and stay for free, and in exchange, I will do some photos of their hotel rooms, of their lobby, of their pool, of their restaurant, and I will also do a short film of their hotel in exchange for said room. So I went to bed one night and I had emailed, you know, before I went to bed, I had emailed eight hotels in Cape Town just on a whim, not really sure if this would work. And the next morning I woke up and two or three hotels had said yes. And I literally could not believe it. I (laughs) I was still working my old job, the job that I had hated and wanted to quit. And I knew at that moment, I really honestly can go back to that moment and just say, This was going to work because I knew if I could get hotels in Cape Town (laughs) that I could duplicate this all along the way. And so I went, honestly, for three years, every single stop along the way, I was able to get a free room for either one night, a week or five nights, whatever it would be. Every single place I went, and even the cruise to Antarctica, I was able to barter my way onto that ship for free in exchange for a cabin, which would normally cost you $10,000. And so, While I didn't set out to make money at the beginning, I just set out to break even. And so this plan really helped me break even because hotels would not only have me come and stay for the five nights or the four nights or whatever, but a lot of them would also include the meals. And so all I was having to pay (laughs) at that point was my transportation. Well, in Africa and in Europe and really anywhere in Asia or even Australia, the bus tickets are fairly inexpensive. So I had enough savings, not a lot of savings, but I had enough savings to pay for those small fares of the buses or the trains or whatever it might be and then eventually as the years went on I was able to build up a following on social media I was able to get a couple sponsors that would pay me money each month in order to use their product and then I was also able to generate some revenue through my website through advertising and you know ads and things like that as well so at one point I was making you know a not a lot of money, but more than enough to make a profit. And then some months that profit would go away and I would just break even. But ultimately, um, you know, I was able to get around the world and spend far less than anybody than I even ever could have dreamt of. And I came back with most of my savings intact that I had initially planned to spend doing this travel. So I was I, you know i was fortunate but i also worked incredibly hard with every hotel i partnered with which was over 300 hotels along the way you know i tried to improve and i tried to be a better photographer every single day and ultimately i started with hostels in cape town and i ended up working with five star hotels you know by the time i was halfway through africa and even in south america and australia so it just goes to show that if you really 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 truly want something and you don't give up, and you just kind of continue to pursue whatever that is against the obstacles, you know, you will catch a couple breaks along the way, but it will come from your hard work.
0: What I really love about Eric's story is not only about how he earned income while he was out touring the world, basically living a vacation for three years. It was also how he prepared himself for that. He didn't just wait until he had all the conditions perfect, he worked with what he had on hand right then and there. He got better at it. And then as he proceeded on his journey, he got better and better with time. And that's the same for you. You don't have to wait for perfect conditions because if you wait for perfect conditions, guess what? You're never going to start. So take stock of what you've got now and start getting better at what you've got, at using it, what you've got. I can't speak straight. So I'm just going to move on. Brandon, Take us away for the next clip.
1: Number two is Jeff Goins. This was huge for us. We're big fans of Jeff's. He is just an, a normal person. Sarah McDaniel turned us uh, on to, or I guess didn't really turn us on to him because that'd be kind of weird, but she connected us to him and, and told him that he really needed to get on our show and, so he called and, and just, you know, talked to us for quite a while. But we got some really great uh, moments out of that. That's episode 91. And but one of my favorite moments from that interview is whenever he's talking about the point of writing or doing pretty much anything means that, you know, some people are not going to get what you're doing. They're not going to, uh, you know, all be fans or love it. But that's the point. You've got to reach that one person that needed to hear or see or just experience what it is that you're going to do. And that's the point. And and I just love the way he put it. And so let's listen to that. And, you know, if, if I had told you anything throughout this year, it's learning from other people's mistakes, but also learning from other people saying, just go do it. You don't need a bunch of fans. You just need, you know, the will. And the discipline to just go out there and do what God created you to do, so let's listen to Jeff:
3: This is the biggest criticism that we hear of art, right, which is, "I don't get it, right right? You look at you look at, uh, at a piece of work at a museum and you go, "I don't get it." And we forget that's the point. <laughs> like the point the point that that of, of writing that song, of writing that book, of painting that picture was was people will not get this. Some people will not understand this, but that is the risk we take so that some people go, wow, that is, that is what I need. That is, that is just what I need. Right. And, uh, and I get that, you know, like I, I mean, I love TV. I love television shows. We're living in like the golden age of TV right now. And when, and when people tell me, you know, their favorite show is some, uh, you know, network. Uh, sitcom or drama I'm like okay cool yeah. <laughs> you know I'm like mine is breaking bad or mad men yeah. or uh you know these I mean there's just so many great shows and they go I don't get that uh part of me is like well okay um cool yeah. <laughs> uh, but like that's like that's the risk that's the risk that you as a creator take when you make something and you want to and you want to change something. You don't just want to get sort of vacant applause or approval from the masses. Because if I wanted to be super super popular, just for the sake of being super super popular, I would start like a style blog or you know uh, a, a, some sort of paparazzi. Yeah. blog or channel where i'm just talking about what the latest celebrity did but that's not fulfilling to me i don't think that's making the kind of impact that i want to make and so at a certain point we have to ask ourselves the question what do i want to change and what am i willing to risk to make that change and so i mean i think that's the question for your friend who's scared of sharing his work um it's not the question, what if people don't like it? Like that reminds me in Back to the Future when Marty McFly is talking to his dad and he's like, But what if people hate it? You know? <laughs> and he's just like, Dad, he's like, Come on, you know, George, come on. Um, and, and I mean, I, I think you can ask yourself the question, well, What if this fails all day long? And, and it might. So you have to be prepared for that. But right. we often don't ask the other question, which is, What if this was amazing? Right. And are you, and are you willing to risk? someone not seeing this like are you willing to risk that never happening because you're afraid someone might not like it so i don't like telling people hey this will totally work and you don't have anything to worry about because that's (laughs) not always true sometimes the worst case scenario sometimes worse than the worst case scenario happens the question is is this worth the risk
0: jeff was such a down-to-earth person to talk with in this interview you don't hear me talking much because I pretty much was in the background geeking out. And if you listened to that episode, you would have seen it happen in the early minutes because Jeff and I wound up actually geeking out over our favorite author while we were growing up, which was Michael Crichton. So we were, we were swapping stories about our favorite Michael Crichton book. And after that, I pretty much forgot that we were there to interview him and get some of his key tips from his most recent book, Uh, Real Artists Don't Starve. Great book, by the way. If you haven't read Real Artists Don't Starve by Jeff Goins, you need to get a copy of it, especially if you aspire to create your own business, uh, to create your own artwork, to create a nonprofit organization. If there's just something on your heart, a dream that you want to pursue, yet you're worried that you won't be able to sustain it, Get that book. It'll talk you through some practical steps on how to make that dream a reality without putting your family in the poor house. Brandon, go ahead and take us away for clip number three.
4: Stay with us. We'll
5: be right back.
0: And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos. Into CapShow and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part: CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com/capshow. That's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now back to the show.
1: Okay, my third favorite moment, and these are not necessarily in order. This is just another one that I really enjoyed. It's a great friend of ours, Dondi Scumanchi, and I'm probably messing that up, but she's awesome. So I'm sure she'd forgive me for that, but it's episode 82. And she starts telling a story about her son's uh, pitching coach and and just some of the ways that he approached things. And this one time, whenever he was struggling uh, and, and his coach didn't pull him out. And I just loved the way he put it to her. But whenever she shared with us, you know, that her coach said that, you know, she'll never pull, he'll never pull him out of a battle that he can win. But, uh, Sometimes he will have to pull him out of a battle that he can't win. And he wants him to learn the difference. She says it way better than me. But the point of that is you need a good coach or cheerleader that is honest with you and will will let you fail to some extent in order to learn the lesson. So let's listen to uh, that episode number 82 and just this great wisdom that Dondi shared with us. You noticed the things that Goose Gossage was doing and and how that affected your son. What made you... um kind of cross that rut, get out of that rut, so to speak, to, to make it a lifestyle that you had?
5: Well, I had already become an author and a speaker by that point. So I was really just studying him because I loved his process. And I I learned a lot from just watching him work. So uh, I would say I, I was already speaking, writing and doing those things. He wasn't the catalyst that, that I that I. Uh, used to cross over, but I will tell you, I learned one of the most amazing coaching concepts I've ever seen from him. Uh, I, I noticed that sometimes when the kids would be not playing very well. Like my son was a great pitcher, but sometimes he didn't bring his best stuff. And I noticed sometimes goose would just leave him in there and it would be horrible and it would go on and on. And I would be thinking, please just take my baby out. This is not his day. And then there would be other days where he'd pull him immediately. Like if he, if he didn't have his best stuff. And I asked him one time, not as a mom, uh, but as a coach, Uh, What is the difference between those two times? And his answer, I think was really compelling. He said, I will never pull your child out of a battle that he thinks he can win. And I'll never leave him in one that he knows he can't. Because either one of those will damage his confidence. And so he said, Really, I'm just looking at him. I'm looking in his eye. I'm, I'm trying to see is, is he still in this battle, or is this battle now starting to chip away and erode at his confidence? And I thought, you know, that's a really great mentoring, coaching kind of a concept. So, uh, but back to the original question. I was a banker. I was a I was an executive for a couple of banks. One bank in Seattle. That's where I started. I started the very beginning of banking. By the way, there was nothing fancy going on here. And I and I. Moved up uh, pretty quickly. I took the uh, stairs a couple at a time in my career. And what was really interesting about that is I wouldn't be sitting here with you talking about this had I not had great mentors that pushed me and challenged me and encouraged me and made it really safe for me to try things and to, you know, to even fail, right? Even to try something that didn't work so well. Uh, So so my corporate career started with great role models around leadership and, you know, and, and a huge part of my job was developing people and I loved it. And then as my career grew and I took more of those career steps, I found myself in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And, you know, my, my life was now meetings and, you know, acquisitions and, you know, legal counsel and policy <laughs> setting and I wanted to chew my arm off about every day, right? You know, signing the reports. And I had come so far up, but I had come so far away from what really juiced me up. So I one day just made the leap. I'm going to go do what I do. I'm going to go grow people. And I also think I learned that process is that I had followed a path, but I had never designed one. And I, now I was, you know, mid thirties. And I realized one day I, I, I have taken really good care of what has been placed on my plate but i i didn't I didn't serve myself i didn't I didn't go design a path I didn't carve it out I just followed one mm. and it's possible to design a life not just be responsible in life.
0: You know that's just like Brandon to leave out some important information like Dondi's son's baseball coach was the goose gossage Now if you don't know who Goose Gossage is well keep listening but anyway big time pitcher in the major leagues. And this guy was coaching Donnie's son. So just another point about having great coaches coach you. uh, That's exactly what Donnie was talking about. Now, if you want to relaunch your career or maybe you want to revitalize the life in your staff, reach out to Donnie. Her website is dot com. Now, Brandon, who do we have for clip number four?
1: Okay. My number uh, four favorite moment, I guess is, uh, episode 75 with Lisa Reynolds. Lisa just, you know, blew us away with this great message. We were we were talking to her really about learning and and just team building and that kind of thing, but then she shared with us this story of this group that she got involved with called Back on Your Feet, and it's just a great concept to learn how to serve and to build up people, and she got more out of that. Once she mentioned that, that's pretty much all we talked about. Lisa's just a phenomenal person that shared some great wisdom with us. She's, she's on Twitter a lot. You should follow her on Twitter. And uh, we'll put the uh, her Twitter handle and and Dondi's in there and Lee's. There's a, there's a bunch of people that we're talking to that, you know, you need to get on with Twitter and, and follow them. But she just had a great message. And that's Episode 75. I really enjoyed it. And I hope you do, too.
0: You do some volunteer work with a group in Dallas called Back on Your Feet. I thought it was just another running club until I looked into it a little bit deeper, what Back on Your Feet is, and that blew my mind. So why don't you, can you tell us more about Back on Your Feet and what they do and then how you've been involved with them? And
4: Sure. I love Back on My Feet. So I kind of have this personal philosophy about be authentic, do what you love, and then pay it forward so you create a legacy. So I was looking for volunteer work when I got to Dallas And on the news, they were showing this member that had graduated from Back on My Feet. And Back on My Feet is a program to combat homelessness with a component of running in there. And so the members, they run three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at 545 in the morning. And then they have to have volunteers that run with with them so nobody runs alone. Oh, wow. And then on Saturdays, all the, the three different groups that there are in Dallas get together those that want to run longer run on Saturday. So I run on Saturday mornings with the group, or I did until September when I had my hip surgery on my torn tendon. Uh, but what is unique about back on my feet is at a morning run, you can't tell who the homeless people are versus who the members are, because when you're in your running clothes, as you know, everybody's on the same right. field or we all have equal footing. Oh yeah. Unintended, no yeah. but, um, So, it's very interesting. People that are homeless, they had very successful lives and careers, but because of one bad decision or circumstance, you know, became homeless. And that could happen to any of us just by circumstances. So, it's so rewarding. And even when I was recovering from my surgery and I went out walking the first time, time—I it was probably two weeks after my surgery and I was walking a 20-minute mile because I was (laughs) Low, you know, just dragging my le- right leg along.
0: That's my fast pace, by the way. I was going <laughs> to say you—you
1: you just broke Jerry's heart because he intentionally broke twenty minutes and those said,
4: "Members that I see." <laughs> anyway, okay. The members were so inspiring to me. A couple of them said, "You know, we're going to stay with you because you stayed with us as we were learning to run." Wow! Um, so we're going to be there for you. It was very touching.
0: Wow! That now, how awesome. do they how do they find the program and become a part of it? The whole so folks.
4: Yeah, the staff of back on my feet goes out to the homeless shelters or, you know, on the streets downtown and recruits members. Okay. And then they have certain stages of the program, you know, for the first 30 days, they have to meet certain criteria and then they can start the running.
1: Wow. And who came up with this idea?
4: It was started back on the East Coast. Um, the CEO of the company just felt that through running and building community, it would help support people as they learned new life skills. Wow. And I'm- we're actually doing our annual a fundraising breakfast on february 13th here in dallas that so they do those at all the different chapters there's 11 different chapters across the u.s so it's still growing
1: wow that's really impressive
0: i didn't yeah. know about that
4: and jerry guess what i just i think i told you i just found out monday from the doctor i can start running again oh
0: yay and there you go she's gonna pummel us on fitbit again <laughs>
4: <laughs> i'm a little obsessive about that
0: One of the big takeaways Lisa said in this episode was, you can't encourage someone you're judging. and I love that quote so much that I put it on my daughter's uh, quote board. She has a whiteboard in her room, and uh, every so often I get on there and I write a a very encouraging phrase. So I, I just thought it was a great thing to share with her and share with the people that we know on social media. In any case, the great thing about Lisa is that her philosophy of leadership is that you get to know your people as people first. You build relationships with them. And as you do that, you build trust, you build vulnerability, you build honesty, open communication, and then the results your team can pull off will be amazing. And I know personally because I actually happen to work for Lisa. Now, Brandon, you got one more clip left. Make it a good one. And here we go.
1: Okay, my last, and uh, I won't say my number five i would have to say in all respect to everyone else that i absolutely love talking to this year you know from sarah mcdaniel to all of them we just had a blast we're going to have a great 2018 but i got to tell you if you get a chance to meet somebody that is just you know one of your heroes one of the great stories you've ever heard that's lee cockrell and we had lee on the phone uh one night and it was just phenomenal he is such a generous guy such an authentic guy But we didn't really account for the fact that he was in Florida. So he was an hour later than us. And we kept him up pretty late talking because we were just fascinated. But he was so generous. He just kept sharing and sharing and sharing. And we we talked to him. uh, Some of what we recorded for the show and then some of it we just talked to him because he is just such a phenomenal guy. And Lee Cockrell, if you haven't heard of him, that's episode 72. You need to get to know him. He has enormous wisdom from how he raised his kids, his grandkids, and just the way his his story unfolded is just the American dream. It's beyond your comprehension, some of the things that he's accomplished with what he has. But he starts telling this story about you know, how to, how to really succeed in business, how to, how to move up the chain of whatever job you're in. And we talk a lot about getting out of that rut and leaving the corporate job, but that's not always what you should do. Some of us should stay where we're at, but just do a better job of working there. And one point he made, and this has stuck with me ever since I just, I practice it. I try to do a good job of it, but he tells a story about, you know, what are you doing to, to take things off of your boss's plate, make his job easier, make his job better. And what questions are you asking? And I, that whole episode 72 is worth your time to listen and just, you know, re-listen if you heard it before, because
6: Lee is phenomenal.
1: But you turned around and put that in your son because you didn't want him to grow up any different than you did.
6: Well, somebody told me what you teach your children, they teach their children, and I think my mother taught me that, I taught him that, and he taught his kids that, and he's in a great position. They didn't need to work at all, and most of the kids they went to school with didn't, but these kids, are they loved it. I mean, I just see the difference in them after they had a job. You even have more to talk about at the dinner table with your mom and dad when you both have jobs. <laughs> so.
1: Absolutely. That's true. One one line you had, too, uh, and this is something I'd mentioned on an earlier podcast that I try to do, and it really frustrated me. I just recently changed jobs, and, and one thing I try to do is not add work to my boss. And I, I did something one day that added a little bit of stress and a little bit of extra work for him, and it just drove me nuts because I should have got it, and i should have taken it off his plate instead of add it. But then when I saw this line in your book and it said, you know, don't be a person who creates problems or extra work for your boss. And everyone at every level can, you know, do that. No matter if you're at the top or the bottom, you can you can take things off your boss's plate.
6: Oh, you can, I think, and it's just uh, if you don't know how to do something, learn how to do it. I think the one problem people don't have in business is they don't ask enough questions. I think every day you shouldn't leave your job with any questions that you don't understand how you make money, how this works, what things cost, how the customers feel. I mean, there's a lot of ways today. Look at your podcast and look at uh, Google. You can fill in the knowledge gap today, no problem. If you don't know something, it's your own fault. <laughs> if you want to know something today, there's no problem for, for learning it. I mean, I Google some weird thing every day just to try to, learn. I'm Googling now things about the, in uh, about the star. I want to know how many stars are in the solar system <laughs> and it's mind boggling and yeah. how far away is the sun and, you know, how, you know and, uh, it's Google. I just find it fascinating that you can learn so much and fill in the gaps, even though you may not have had a formal education. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that coming down the path. Kids are going to they're going to get their degrees online because they can't afford to go to the campus, and you can just fill it in, and you can become an expert in whatever you decide to become an expert in, and, and it, you can do it pretty quick today. I'm always amazed when a question is raised and people in that group
0: don't know the answer. And that's it. They all just say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) And I'm I'm looking at them all thinking, wait, we all have smartphones. Somebody pull out that smartphone and Google it right now. And they all look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, man, I'll do it. Mm
6: -hmm. (laughs) Hey. Even on Jeopardy, I can find the answer quicker than they can answer the last question, so that's good. It makes my wife think I'm smart. There
1: you go. I'm in charge of hiring and stuff, and so I interview people fairly often. And We just interviewed a a young lady two days ago, I think, and she spoke Spanish, English, Japanese, and some French. And she was probably 22, maybe 23. (laughs) And I asked her the same thing. I said, Well, you know, where did you pick that up? Did you have you traveled a lot? No, she just said YouTube. She would just Google and YouTube until she could learn the language. Languages. She didn't have the money to really take the formal class. So she just taught herself.
6: Hey, I had we went to Cambodia a few years ago and our guide spoke perfect English, better than most Americans. (laughs) And I asked her how she learned. She said on the radio. There you go. You know, so. We have all these excuses of why we poor us and things didn't work out. And our parents didn't treat us right and God, blah, blah, blah. And I always tell people now, don't blame your mother and father for th- the situation you put yourself into. <laughs> That's you a know, big one for me. Up for, give them a break. They did the best they could.
0: Be sure to check out the show notes at beyond slash one one three. There you'll find the links to all these episodes that we just referenced. But also at the end here, we, we had Lee Cockerell. He's on the podcast creating Disney magic with Jody Mayberry. And I'll have the link to that podcast as well. It's a great show. If you haven't heard it, if you want to get more wisdom from Lee Cockerell, the guy who ran Walt Disney world resorts for years, he also was the guy who opened Paris Disneyland and made improvements on it as soon as it opened. I mean, this guy has a wealth of knowledge and it, I mean, he just, and he just shares it. It's the amazing thing. Now, before I hand this off to Brandon to close out, I just want to give special thanks to three people here. Sarah McDaniel, Patty Centeno, and Jody Mayberry. Thanks to the three of you, we were actually able to have conversations with these folks we highlighted in the Best of 2017 episode. Uh, you guys are great friends to us. You, you continue to connect people together on, on things like this and we look forward to seeing who you bring to the beyond the rut podcast uh, for future conversations and then you know we got to get some of you guys back on the show so with that said we hope your 2018 year is a banner year and whatever your habit is you want to build whatever your dream is we hope that you go make your own path live the life you've always wanted beyond the rut brandon go ahead and close us out
1: Well, thank you for listening this year. Thank you for supporting our show. Thank you for just being a friend and an encouragement to us. Jerry and I absolutely love doing this. We do this because we have a passion for helping people and we have a passion for just seeing people do their best in life. And if we can do anything for you or you know somebody that should come on the show and tell their story, let us know because everybody we talked to this year has been an incredible friend from you know just Jeff Goins all the way to Lee Cockrell to everybody in between has just blown us away with their story and we can't wait to see what 2018 brings. We already have a couple of interviews set up and I know they're just going to be incredible and we're going to learn things from that and we're going to take a few risks next year. We're going to do some things a little different and just see what happens and you know, if if you have any ideas, any advice, anything that you want to share with us, just give us a call. Come on to the website beyondtherut.com and just let us know. Send us an email and we'll talk to you next year. And I just hope that you're taking this time to plan next year so you can get out of the rut and make your own path.